I'm excited to bring out another series with our partners, the HBCU Experience Movement LLC, with their first ever HBCU Band Edition book. The HBCU Experience, the HBCU Band Alumni Edition will release at the end of the month on Amazon. I hope you enjoy these interviews. These are some dynamic people you can learn a lot of lessons from. So t stay tuned and get your pen and paper out because they give you them nuggets. In this episode, I'll be talking with Stanley Stan Holloway. He was born in 1980 in Columbia, South Carolina. Growing up, he was fascinated with music and, the, and this interest led him to some early exposure to an instrumental focus since he was drawn to the joy of music. Later, Mr. Holloway, who now teaches woodwind techniques at, all, at the college level, developed a passion for ideas and creativity behind music. Stan completed a bachelor's degree from Florida A&M University in 2005 while being involved in numerous activities and organizations such as the Florida A&M University Marching 100 Band, where he served as the piccolo section assistant section leader for two years and co-section leader for one during his four-year tenure. Additionally, he, fur he further provided service and cultivated a wholesome band experience to band program, to the band program through Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary Band Fraternity Incorporated. Stan resides in Jacksonville, Florida with his wife, Shannon, and daughter, Simone. Due to the current pandemic, Stan chose, choose, chooses to stay at home with his family where they continue at-home education for their, their child and manage and own a transportation dispatch service. Stan also arranges and composes music for various music ensembles, creativity, creati creative drill writing for marching bands, provides private service of private lessons for students ranging from middle school to college and creates electronic music for video games and commercials. Mr. Holloway also works as the assistant director and woodwind instructor for the Edward Waters College Triple Threat Marching Band. Recently, Mr. Holloway has completed a bachelor's of science degree from Full Sail University in music production, a master's degree in music education from Liberty University, completing a thesis project on creating a music education curriculum based on current teaching strategies, and now continuing his education as he pursues a doctorate in music education while continuously researching for his dissertation on how black males can influence elementary music and music education. Because of his love for music and mentoring, Stan is dedicated to helping students experience the soulful joy of music making by energizing their passion for the arts, fundamentals, and of course, having fun.
but shoot. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's we, definitely a topic, and you know, kind of, kind of, you know, all about the experience and you know, the decisions that we make before we go out of school. But you know, I guess we'll get into all that. Yeah, so uh, we'll start by. I mean, it just just tell me a little bit about yourself and and what's going on and uh, now and um, what made you choose the HBCU and the HBCU that you went to. What HBCU did you go to? I went to Florida A and M University. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what made you pick that? Are you from there? Uh, no, I'm not an original native from uh, Florida. I grew up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, there's there's a lot of reasons why I chose FAMU, uh, you know, that, that path of going down to FAMU. Uh-oh. I think I lost it. Yeah, I think I... All right. (laughs) I I lost you for a second. There you go. I think my phone... I'm doing this from my phone, so it kind of went a lock, so I don't know if that mutes when I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, It might. I keep tapping it just to keep it from uh, going out. But, uh, yeah, I I chose, you know, FAMU for for several reasons. Um, I think originally I was going to go against, you know, go with the status quo. I'll just go to South Carolina State. You know, because it was home. Um, and one thing we do as people, we always go with what, you know, we feel that's familiar because that's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do that. And I want to get away from home. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, home is home. You know, I can't change that. But I could change the environment that I was in. And I wasn't too thrilled with the environment that I was in, you know, while I was at home, you know, the neighborhood and the things around me. So, you know, I wanted to do something better for myself. Um, it mm-hmm. was a long road, but, you know, that's that's what I did. So uh, uh, the influence really started when I was six years old. Uh, with oh, Florida really? A&M. Yeah, with Florida A&M. That's the first band that I saw that I remembered, you know, as a six-year-old. I know exactly who they were and what they did. I can tell you what show they did from top to bottom back in 1986 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, against Southern University. Um, I think I lost you again. With that band. Um, So uh, that was like the first, I guess, seed that was planted. Uh, was that with um was the because there's a legendary uh band instructor um what do you call them band director mm-hmm. at, at famu that like did um like shows in like paris and stuff and yeah. when it was like seg- segregation and stuff is that is that famu that's famu that was under the direction of well back then what's his was- Dr. William P. Foster. Yeah, Dr. so um, interesting story. I mean, I don't want to take uh, yeah, it, sure. anything away from you, but um, mm-hmm. I work at a school here in Kansas City, Kansas called Sumner Academy, which used to be Sumner High mm-hmm. School. And he uh, um, he graduated from Sumner right. High School. 
and like they did they're doing a documentary on him and they like have this alumni room that that i mean that high school has like a a a history of excellence Hmm. black excellence um and he's a part of that and they have like all his newspaper clippings and they was telling me about how um the u.s didn't want him to uh take a uh all black band to to uh i think it was paris paris yeah um and uh he and and they uh paris uh government paid for everything and, Airbnb, and yep uh, everything is that true because i it's i'm gonna listen to the story no nah. oh man yeah he he he's he's an inspiration you know to that effect and you know what we're trying to do here in all ways because you know people told him you no know, that he couldn't do something i love when somebody tell me i can't do something mm-hmm. you know, that, that drives me to do more and he you know he did everything they told him that he couldn't do so he couldn't be a band director he became a band director um he created a legacy for himself as well as you know everybody else in the culture in itself uh with mm-hmm. the things that he accomplished so yes that's true i would like to see that one day i, I was gonna put it in my bucket list to, to visit that school and see that I see all that stuff about him there at that school. So yeah, really, that, that yeah, huh? I said yeah. that is true. Man, if you you have to like if it, you you gotta you gotta make that trip up there. I mean, yeah. it's a small room, but they got a lot of history in that room, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And I I feel fortunate to to just be. Um, to come upon that school and be able to work there because I'm like a minority in, in the host in, in the staff and, and faculty. So as well. Okay. So that's good. You got to encounter that. Cause I, I mean, I, I would love to see something like that. I'm not sure when I'll take a, a trip to Kansas, but I'm going to, I'm going to make it my, you know, my due diligence to go out there and visit and visit that yeah. room in particular. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll when well, next time I uh go in there or when next time they open and they haven't opened it in a while because the mm-hmm. the guys that that run it are older and you know COVID yeah. and stuff. But yeah. um, I'll I'll take some pictures and and email it to you just so you can see a little bit of what what they got. Yeah, that'd be here. awesome because I don't think many people um have seen or get to see that. We'll get to see that, so that that'd be awesome. If you can do that. Okay, definitely. I'll put that on my, my to do list. But anyway, back to you. If you fam you six <laughs> years old. You, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you were uh you you got your first uh taste of, of what fam you was mm-hmm. and um the rest ain't history, was it? Like Yeah, that... the, the rest the rest <laughs> is history. I mean there could have been some some left and right turns that would have, you know, you know, granted a different outcome, but you know, I went down the path that I felt like I needed to go down. Um, Had uh, you? Is it? Is your family a music family? Is that how you got well, into music? Well, yeah, I, I guess you can say it's in my blood. You know, my my dad um, was a really good bass guitarist. He had his own band. You know, back in the '80s, um, it never went anywhere. But the fact that he at least started, he you know was on a couple of shows. A uh, very good musician, um, my dad. So I kind of get it from him. Um, and I kind of wanted to make my own path, you know, with that. He was a, you know, a guitarist. I didn't want to play no, no guitar with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do some other things, you know. I started the violin. Say, yeah, I don't want to do that. And there's a interesting story behind that as well, uh, which kind of paved my way, you know, to music. But um, no, like I said, the, the seed was planted back then, way back in 1986, when I went to that that first game. And that's when I kind of 
got that first experience of you know a band. I didn't know what I was looking at, but I recognized what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think that's why I kind of got seared in my brain. That's all I had in my brain ever since then. Um, but you know, growing up, um, I wasn't involved in music until I got to maybe middle school. Mm. Um, and then I started, you know, playing my wind instrument you know, since then. And uh, and FAMU, you know, I, I wasn't thinking like I'm going to that school. I just know I liked, you know, Florida and them, you know, that band. I liked the Marching 100. I, I loved it. Um, I didn't consider it until maybe my sophomore or junior in, in, you know, high school. Mm-hmm. You know, when the guidance counselor talked, like, what are you going to do after school? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, get a job <laughs> you know, get a job you know stay at home get an apartment you know do some adult stuff go on a trip you know I, did, I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do and my guidance counselor you know Miss Obiaha she said are you going to go to college I'm like no one's really ever asked me I mean you hear it but no one's like mm-hmm. asked like what are you going to do because my family you know I think I was the first in my immediate family to go off to college so I'm like I didn't think about it she said, well, if you want to go to college, then what would you like to go? And I said, Florida and them. She's like, oh, no, you can't go there. I said, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, you got to have 1,100 SAT. And she started spitting out all this, you know, scholarly stuff. I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do now to try to, you know, to prep to get there? And, you know, honestly, I can't say that I can remember. And I could be wrong, but I don't think I got a lot of support in that decision. I think people thought that mm. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I, I wasn't going to be successful. No. That's that's uh, interesting uh, because a lot of people do that, and they they uh, like people in authority. They mm-hmm. um, steer s- students in directions that they think you know. People mm-hmm. put on other people their limiting beliefs. <laughs> right, right and and I, I i i see that all the time and i'm like just just help the person get where they want to go help me tell me what i tell me what i have to do if you know if i fell at that that's my own you know i have to own that but at least give me the tools to help me build a house you know what i'm saying don't just leave me hanging out that's why i felt you know that was happening mm-hmm. at, least, at least give me an application or tell them I need to go to the application. What do I need to do to go through the, you know, through the process? Mm-hmm. Because you know I wasn't liking the not, I guess top ten or twenty percent of my class. It felt like you know, well you can't go there. Well, again, like I said earlier, I like I like to prove people wrong. You know, I did it. Hey, <laughs> you know? <she> did. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember even going to her office when she turned her back to to, to take the application because she had a whole bunch of them inside her little uh, wooden. Look, Kevin, I took the application, I read it, I filled it out, I, I went um, online then, <laughs> American Online, <laughs> to research what I need to do, and I, I did every step that, you know, that I need to do. Now, I did run to some roadblocks, like, you know, I didn't necessarily qualify, I guess, you, you know, per se, to get accepted, uh-huh. but, you know, there, there's programs out there for, you know, for us, you know, in that, that instance, so I applied, and sure enough, I got to that program. Um and that's how I got to Florida A&M, at least part of it. The only person that really inspired me to go was my band director. I was in school. Mm. Mr. Willie E. Lyles. Um, He saw me. I was watching tapes, and then I always mentioned family, family. He said, do you really want to go there? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, well, I ain't going to tell you the curse words he told me, but he did tell <laughs> me I need to get my stuff together if I really want to go there. 
And if I really want to do this music thing, I need to straighten up and you know do these things so I you know so I can do that. I said okay, and that's what I did. So all that I needed was a little nudge and you know some direction. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, if I hadn't got it, I probably never went to any college actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stayed at home and worked and blah blah blah, you know that stuff like that. So right, because uh, so Steve Harvey, he um, in one of his speeches that I I found online. He talks about when he goes to speak at schools, he like um, the the principals and things get they, they get mad at him because he he talks to kids about dreams are more important than than uh, school, you know, school or whatever, because if you talk a, talk to a child about his dreams and I think it's kind of I think it's a a a um, what is that a culture like. Uh, mm-hmm. difference like a disconnect between the cultures yeah so um right. we have to be we have to look at our dreams and goals and aspirations to get us to go in that direction um right different other cultures they already have something set up for them to go and mm-hmm. and do step by step you do this you do that you know you're going to end up like your parents and, you know, continuing on right. the tradition or whatever. But I, I see it with the students that I teach are, you know, I don't really teach, but um, when I talk to them, I always talk to them about goals because I understand what triggers in your mind um, just the feeling of accomplishing what you set out mm-hmm. to do. You look at that yeah. and, and really, like, you start – you start. Uh, I I I got a quote. Um, I just made it up. <laughs> I just came up with it. <laughs> but uh, you you um, you only see as far as your expectations, right? And right. I was like, that is that's too powerful because in our culture, we have to look for we're we're tacit learners. We have to look for. Mm-hmm that ultimate goal so that's interesting what you said about and and you got to latch on to that one person <laughs> that that believes in you i'm having that yeah. problem right now like i got a whole bunch of people outside of my circle that that really believe in me unconditionally but then inside your circle it's like oh we know you <laughs> oh, do not get me started with man we're talking another hour about that it's kind of like a you know, we, we all grow as people, you know what I'm saying? And we're different than what we were previously, mm-hmm. always, even if it's not as much as some kind of growth. And don't patronize me as being a person that I used to be. Watch me be successful as I am now. And I tell people this all the time. Don't let your success be measured by other people's expectations because you'll never get anywhere because they don't expect you to be successful. Mm-hmm. If you see, you know, a, in front of you to be successful, then you will be successful. I'm I'm learning that right now. I think I made some decisions, um, you know, when I was exiting college and entering that I could have made it differently, but I let it be based on someone's someone else's expectation of me, and I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. So you know, for all who are listening, you know, don't let people do that. You know. Look for your own success. Your success is your success. That's your truth. That's your thing. So you know, you know, just stay with that. So, success. yeah, I mean, got on a tangent. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> success is in the eye of the beholder. I tell people that all mm-hmm. the time. What do you want? We don't own what we want. 
and mm-hmm. and since we don't own what we want, we don't get what we want. We get we don't get what, what we want. <laughs> if you we want it, get what's left over. Yeah, you get. I mean, and and then on top of that, like I really study success. So on top of that, mm-hmm. um, people shoot for uh, comfort the level of comfort i just want to be comfort comfortable um and what's familiar it's what's familiar that makes you comfortable so that's what you want to you want to go with what makes you comfortable and familiar that's what you go with when that's probably you probably you 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 never be a success you don't feel a little discomfort something some kind of discomfort something that's like a a doubt a little small doubt actually equal to success Mm -hmm. Um, and and you don't and go ahead if you don't doubt and feel a little bit of discomfort in what you're doing, then you're probably not doing what you should be doing. Right. <laughs> because it, there's risk involved in, in being successful. It's risk. It's always a risk. Yeah. You have to put a little risk uh, to doing it. If you don't, then, you know, plan on not being successful and uh, like you plan out to be. And I, I've been uh, exploring this a little bit. Uh, you know, they say shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars. So mm-hmm. if if you really shooting for the moon, you you're gonna get just a little bit below the moon, usually, mm-hmm. uh, majority of the time. And and if you if you really want it, you can you can get the moon right. But what right. if if you move that moon down to to comfort, comfortability, <laughs> where you gonna land if if that yeah, saying is true? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's mediocrity. That, yeah. Yep. You. you... <laughs> You you lower your expectation, get what you want. That's not the expectation you should be having. Uh, it should be kind of exceeding that. That's what makes you successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's proven. It's not like we're just saying this is something I made up yesterday. I mean, it's proven. <laughs> you know, um, kind of like uh, what's uh, I was reading this. My wife keeps telling me about all the time the uh, the person that created Starbucks. How many times he failed? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Actually started. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I can't have lost count, but he it was so many times. But he took that risk. And kept shooting for that moon. And he, I mean, look at Starbucks now. I mean, shoot, I mean, successful. So, I mean, shoot for the moon. Uh, There's another example. My favorite, one of my favorite people of all time is Elon Musk. So, Mm -hmm. uh, when, when, you know, SpaceX, they want to send rockets up and be able to land them back down. And that's millions, almost billions of dollars spent on one rocket so if that mug don't come back down and land properly and it blow up that's just money down the drain right it's gone poof. gone so three of them poof <laughs> three yep. of them about to about to go bankrupt and uh they one last attempt the fourth attempt right. they got that mug to go up Gotta go up and came back down perfectly, mm-hmm. and changed changed the way we do uh, rockets now. Changed, yep. it disrupted the whole system. <laughs> it take it takes something for that like that to happen for you know to get the ultimate kind of goal that you're looking for. Um, that's just part of life. That, so, that of uh, life, so, tell me a little bit about your. Um, your experience, like your your uh, getting into um, FAMU, and and what was that first year like, and throughout your time at FAMU? Yeah, um, it actually took me 
two years to get the family after I graduated high school because again there was that doubt and people told me I couldn't do it. So I'm like, well I'm gonna stay home and work and so I went to culinary school and I went through all that and I stayed home and did a whole job thing to help my mom out and I was like, you know what, this is not for me. This is something somebody's wanted me to do. So mm-hmm. one day I told my mom, Hey, I'm gonna pack up all my stuff and I'm going to Florida. I need you to drop me off. <laughs> she said, Why are you going there? I'm going to school. That's why I sat there and that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So she's like, all right. So that's exactly what she literally did. It. She took me down and she dropped me off. She turned around. Uh, so my my first experience, you know, in Tallahassee was, you know, I was kind of by myself. Mm. Um, I didn't have really any, any guidance. I really didn't have anyone. I was in this apartment with no furniture. Uh, this is my bag, clothes, all my stuff that I had, and I just knew, well, I'm here for pre-drill, for you know, for band, so let me go there. And that was really the start of my experience at FAMU. Uh, when the minute I got on campus, you know, I ran to to some people, um, what we call my my freshman sisters, uh, that we came with the band together, mm-hmm. and I latched on to them. Um, you know, we we're still good friends to this day. Because um, that was the first person I met when I first got on the campus at FAMU. Uh, we went through a lot together, you know, going through the band and experienced the band stuff through the campus and things like that. So, you know, I got the FAMU. I'm here. I'm a freshman in the Florida and in Marching 100. <laughs> uh, it it was it it was what I thought it was, but it wasn't what it what I thought it was. And what do you mean by that? <laughs> well. Before I went there, you know, I, I went to band camp, as most, you know, seniors do before they go. They go to band camp. You kind of get the experience of being in the band. You go through all this musical stuff. And it was a real happy time. It's like, you having fun? And like, yay! And then you get there as a freshman. It's totally different. Um, <laughs> it was not like in high school, but it's like, you think of college as like the next level of doing things. And it was truly the next level. My expectation was still as I was still in high school, but there's a lot more expe- ex- things expected from me being there, you mm-hmm. know, musically and, you know, as a person, as, as a student. Um, so, you know, it, it was challenging. Did that expectation um, help you? Um, it, helped, it, it, only, it only helped me in the long run to be a better person, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately. With structure. Um, you still had structure. With structure. Having structure. Uh, being studious, how to juggle time management, um, discipline. I mean, all kind of things kind of happen, you know, with that. You know, as most freshmen do, they don't tell you. You go register for classes. You register for 15 classes, but you're in the band. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't think that's that's not the smartest thing to do. I wish someone had told me that before I, you know, I registered for all these classes, but, you know, that's what I did my first semester. So, you know, uh, you got you know, 15 credit hours you're taking. Uh, we go out of town on a band trip. We may leave on a Thursday. We come out on late Sunday night. I got an 8 o'clock class on Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I going to go? Well, I have to go. If I don't go, I'm going to fail. Right. Uh, um, at least that's the, the mentality I developed later on because no, I tried it. I can't lie. I tried it. I ain't going to class. It's too late. <laughs> and we got about too late, and I don't feel like getting up. And I learned my lesson, you know. Uh, I ended that semester with a 2.3 GPA. Uh, so that spring semester, you know, I had to kind of get back on my grind as a student. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the band is there. It's always going to be there, but I had to be a student. So, you know, it taught me a lot of things. Um, it taught me a lot of things about culture. Um, it was a culture shock, you know, going down to the Florida A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about the whole, you know, HBCU experience, which I didn't know what that was, so I had to experience it for myself. Uh, and and what do you a mean? A lot of my friends was, Go ahead. What What do you mean by well, it, the culture shock and um, a change in culture? Well, you leave in high school, I guess not expecting high school and not knowing what you're getting mm-hmm, into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, just overall, not just the band you know, per se, but overall, the whole college experience, you know, it's on me to uh, balance practice with band. It's on me to go to class. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's no bell that rings that say, hey, you know, it's, it's time for your 840 class. No, I have to make sure I be there on time my own, you know, as a young adult. So there was some some lessons that I had to learn, you know, as far as that that kind of culture. Now the whole HBCU culture thing, um, I can really say and honestly say, and a lot of people may or may not agree with me. I can't say that I overall experienced the whole HBCU experience while I was on campus, because most of my experience was involved around the band. Mm-hmm. So you know, I didn't. You know, I didn't really get to experience homecoming, you know, till it's full as doing homecoming week. You know, I didn't get to go to a lot of parties and things like that. Um, there are some things, you know, I got involved in, you know, here and there. But the overall student experience, I really didn't get to experience that. Only what I had in the band. That's what I have to go by. Yeah. Um, uh, so I can really only speak per se to that unless some other memory comes up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> for the most part, it was you know my experience was centered around the band. The band. You know, that's where I got most. Uh-huh. Of my, yeah, that's where I got most of my experience from. Where's the furthest place you traveled for uh, then or or now for music? Um, I did go to Paris while I was in high school. Oh, on the trip, like all star band. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like an all-star band kind of thing that you kind of like went like over the summer. Uh, so for musically, I, I did go to Paris um, and Australia because that's the first time I saw the water turn counterclockwise in the toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I thought it was the weirdest thing. But I said, that happens over there. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't turn clockwise. It turns counterclockwise over there. Okay. Um, uh, but as far as like being at Florida and trying as far as the furthest I've been while I was in band was I think want to say uh Detroit. No, okay. Yeah, Detroit, Michigan might have been the furthest that we have to travel while I was in the band. Um, I think it's one of the, uh one of my salty moments that I have now. Like the band goes everywhere now; they go all over the place, and we <laughs> barely went out the southeast. And they eating good and everything too. <laughs> eat good, God is God is good, nail and all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, we just had holy white shirts and our a band shirt for four years. And you guys, they you know traveling all you know across the country, California, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, well, that's good, you know. They're standing on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So that, that's fine. That, that's fine. But uh. uh yeah, most of my, my HBCU experiences was with the band, and you know that's a different culture in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, within the band, um, and I don't regret none of it. You know, I've I met a lot of people. Um, I experienced a lot of things. Um, 
in the band as far as socially, academically, I mean, anything you name it, I, I, I experienced it within that entity. So, you know, um, my experience, my true HBCU experience was in the band. Everything else kind of came along with it. Um, performing mm-hmm. at halftime, at football games, performing in front of people on, on campus, all over the place, you know, that's the experience that I have as far as my, uh, I don't think I would have got anywhere else mm-hmm. had I not gone to HBCU. So in your um you are a co-author of a the band. Uh, hold on, let me let me read it properly. The HBCU <laughs> band, or uh, the HBCU experience, the HBCU band yeah. alumni edition book. You are a co-author of. Um, so without giving, uh, f- like a full, um, in in-depth um, narrative of of your chapter. Kind of tell the listeners what what they can uh, look for forward to from your chapter and and the book in general. Um, from from my chapter in particular, it was from my islands. As you know, when I first got on campus, what my first experience was and how I translated throughout the rest of the season um, through some first time experience that I had that I don't think I would have gotten anywhere else. You know, my experience at FAMU was my experience. So I kind of put that in my chapter so everybody kind of get like a a rough draft of what it was like, you know, being in the band. Um, especially, you know, as a freshman, you know, with that culture shock. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I experienced, like going throughout the season, like, you know, meeting, you know, my peers that I went to high school, you know, with and other bands, you know, going to exciting football games, you know, like against Southern University and, you know, Bethune, Cookman, Tennessee State. Uh, things like that. Uh, I gave a little snippet of how my how I started and where I ended up at. Um, I started as a you know as a, a humble freshman, <laughs> trying to learn my way, and I moved on to section leader, uh, pledged Kappa Kappa Psi, you know National Honor Band uh, Band fraternity, mm. uh, and some things like kind of like all that stuff kind of intermingled you know through my true Rattler experience. So you know we didn't have a lot. A space to tell because no way I could tell, you know, four years of experience, you know, in the space that we had. But, you know, I just gave a, a good overdraft of, you know, my experience from beginning to end and how it kind of followed me afterwards. So, you know, that, that's my chapter. And so uh, how how has the your experience as, in the HBCU, in the HBCU band contributed to um, life after college and what you're doing now? That's a very good question. Um, well, I can say, at least for myself, uh, most people would agree is that life after you leave college is shocking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to it, say it, the you least, know, school, yeah, to say the least. I mean, it prepares you for it, uh-huh. you know, um, in a nutshell, but you kind of have to experience those things for yourself. I remember, you know. I graduated, I moved on, and I want to go to the game, and I went up, just like, we have to pay for a ticket. I have to pay for a ticket? <laughs> I've never paid for a ticket. You know? Well, that's the part of being an adult. Well, can I carry some water in? Can I do this? No, you need to pay for your ticket. <laughs> so, you know, um, some of the things kind of, the experience kind of, uh, kind of helped me, I guess, socially, you know, per se, after I left college, um, because, 
I now know a lot of people that I can connect with on different levels. Um, if I need something in particular, I know who I can pick up the phone and call. And not just at Florida a and but anywhere across the U.S. You know, I have, you know, thousands of people that I know I just pick up the phone. Like, hey, I need some, Lord. Hey, you know, let's have a conversation. Hey, you want to get some chicken wings? You know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I have that social, you know, connect at my, uh, you know, through my experience that kind of helps me with that. Um, and that's kind of like what I took with me. And, you know, you, some people live on the island and say, I don't need anybody. You, you never know who you're going to need. You never know who you need to connect with to make things happen. And you know, that's why I was real kind of big on building relationships, mm -hmm. you know, after school. And that's what kind of I kind of took with me is that relationship building with other people. Because um, if I hadn't built those relationships with those people, I probably wouldn't even talk to you right now. Mm -hmm. There'll be no reason for me to do this podcast or even, you know, being a co-author in a book about my experience, you know, because I connected, you know, a lot of people, you know, Christy Walker, you know, that's, that's my bud, mm -hmm. you know, to the end, uh, if I hadn't connected with her, if I hadn't known her, you know, through other avenues while I was at FAMU and through my experience, I probably never had this opportunity before. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, people, you know, place fraternities. To you know, keep that connect after they lose, you know, as they uh, leave school, uh, join organizations. I mean, something you take away from you at school is going to carry with you throughout life. So make sure you experience that and take it with you and hold on to it, because mm -hmm. um, it's, it's going to follow you um, if you you know experience what you need to experience while you're in school and and maximize your experiment uh, experience because a lot of students go in and and they don't they just go to the class and go home or party mm -hmm. or whatever like get involved like you were in the band so that they gave you an extra added experience to or enhance the experience of your um hbcu and any college that that you go to i i tell students all the time hey I need you to go to school full time, uh, join an organization and try to help that organization grow. Uh, keep a, 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 a consistent workout routine, especially if you you just a student, right. you ain't an athlete or anything like that. Like that, that stuff is the building blocks to are the, the foundation of success that in your future, like all the highly successful people have a, a routine, a, a workout mm -hmm. routine. You can add that into your schedule. Um, you, you don't have to, <laughs> I, I guess I'm a little, uh, I don't watch too much TV or, or movies or anything like that. I'm too busy for all that. <laughs> but I see all these young people and, and we, we play video mm -hmm. games and, and, and did the things, but, like I was still busy in in college. Right. <laughs> like I was, still, I, I still had a whole bunch of stuff to do. We still travel. I played basketball too. I, we still travel. I had, um, I was a part of an organization. I was a leader in that organization. Um, so we had, we was putting on events and stuff constantly. I did work study, you know. But like I see a, a lot of these students and and young people, they just, y'all just. <laughs> Y'all just watching Netflix yeah, I all mean, day come long. Come on, man. I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, like you said, there were those those times where you know I stayed in the room and I played video games, you know, with people in the dorm and things like that. But you can't have an experience if you don't go out and experience things. 
So if you just go to mm-hmm. class and go back to your room and go to the calf, that's it. You might go to a party here and there. But no, if you don't get out and experience the things that they have to offer on campus, then you'll never get that true experience. That's uh, one of the regrets that I have. Um, I did experience a lot, but I couldn't really experience a lot that went on at campus because, again, you know, I was in band. Um, it took up a lot of yeah. time, but um, <laughs> I didn't get to experience everything, but I did experience something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even just a party, hey, let's go to the A5Q champagne sale. What is that? I don't know. Let's go find out. Man, that's probably one of the best times I had in my life, you know, going to you know, that party or, you know, just going to a social event on campus or, you know, just meet some people up, you know, at the dining hall or something like that. Just go out and experience, mm-hmm. you know, the life of a student because it's a lot out there for you. If you just go to school, go to class and go to your dorm and graduate and leave, then you don't have that really true experience. You don't, you don't, appreci- you don't have that appreciation right. for what you, what you had in school. Yeah, and you only get it you only once. Get it once. Like, well, <laughs> you only get that time once. Yeah, time. I, 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 I can say that I would have done some different things during during my years on on fame. I want to go do some other things, and uh, again, I can't go back and get it. You know, it's gone. So you have to experience. Right. You have to yeah. experience it. Mm-hmm. And then, if you don't experience, if you if you if an experience is left out and you recognize it as an adult, you can create, recreate that experience in some form or fashion, like, or not, not recreate the experience, but, um, kind of like, um, appreciate and do some, some more things that, that make up for missing that one experience. Right. right. I, that's kind of what I do. I'm like, man, I miss that. So I might as well, I, I can do this and uh, or take a trip here or something that or or do a, a fake spring, spring break or something because I never had a spring break. Yeah. Like I never I, ne- I never had enough money to to go yeah, on. And do I never something. did. I did spring break. So I just went home while I worked through spring break. Uh, I never like I'm going yeah. to Cancun or Panama City or Miami. Like I never I never did any of that. Never, never had any right. Of that. And I, I miss that and, and I haven't traveled much either. Mm-hmm. So like right now I'm making plans to to um to to do a lot of traveling too. So like that's how I make mm-hmm. up for that, that experience that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And uh I know one experience uh <laughs> Like homecoming, like I said before, I never really experienced homecoming, so I had to make it a point to go to like to a homecoming concert, go go to the festival. Even now, I'm so programmed at being the band. You know, it's not many years that I miss homecoming. But when I go back to homecoming, I'm involved with the alumni association with the band. I'm always doing some band stuff. I don't, I oh, rarely yeah. go out and you know walk the concession stands or, or walk the, the the vendors you know on the street. I I do my work. Be a, yeah, normal be a normal person. person. Yo. I'm like, I got a dang old sweatsuit. I need to go out. And so it had to take my wife, me to bring my wife to homecoming one. It's like, we're going to go to these vendors and buy a shirt, buy a socks doll, do something. I'm like, yeah, I guess. And that's probably, one, that's like probably one of the better homecomings that I had. We went to the concert and, you know, we ate a bunch of food. And, you know, mm-hmm. so again, I was so programmed with being with the band. I, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to enjoy homecoming. <laughs> Man, and sometimes you got to uh, take a step yeah. back. I mean, I'm not t- saying that you d- did or did not, but 
sometimes you do gotta take a step back and be like, let me let me not be in, involved in uh, in association yeah. for <laughs> for a little bit, so I can uh, uh, I can just you know be normal right. for a I, second. Or I I guess I guess in a sense, and I think a lot of people can agree. You know, at least on my side at FAMU, it's like I didn't know how to be normal. That's all I knew how to do. <laughs> That's all I knew how to do. You know, I was, I was on, you know, I was, I sit, I sit on the e-board for alumni association, so I'm always doing some work there. I'm always making the alumni, you know, is 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 straight when mm-hmm. they come, um, because I'm on the e-board. I'm always working. I'm always doing something for the band. I'm, I'm, I'm just always doing something. I just, I think maybe once or twice I step back and say, you know what, I'm just not doing this crap this year. I'm just gonna <laughs> just be a regular. And it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard once you once you uh got in the routine of 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 doing and 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 it's a part of giving back. Mm-hmm. Like that that's maybe a part of your nature that that you like to give back, and you that's a, your our way of appreciating what that program did for right. us. So I can I can give a little bit of time over here to keep this thing going. Because I appreciate my experience, and I want somebody else to experience Shoot, that. A, like, not a little uh, bit. I'm giving a lot I, of time. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? A lot of time. <laughs> but it's it's like you say, you know, I'm 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 pretty giving person, and you know, part of the alumni association is to make sure the students have, you know, when they need, and uh, you know, we we I want to make sure they have what they need, you know, when I get there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a. I can't remember what year it was. I I gave one of the the members of my sex an instrument because she really needed it. You know, that's me. That's me giving back. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's not about just the you know giving back, you know paying dues and giving money. It's about you know actually helping these students out. And you know, I talk to you know our, our alumni a lot in the summer meetings. Like, don't just be a person to come back and say, "Do you know who I am?" Come back and be the person that's like, "Hey, my experience as an adult is this after college." This is what you need to look for. Mm-hmm. Let me help you. I had a conversation with one of the students about, she's like, man, how did you juggle school and being a sex and being a band all of a at the same time? I had like a two-hour conversation with her. That was more mm-hmm. that was more beneficial to her than anything else was the knowledge and just some just some feedback to help her out. Then, and then a whole bunch of right, money. Right. Not, not a, then some money. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, just, I, just, I just like to give back. That's why I get so caught up in a loop when yeah. I go back but um, <laughs> that's my experience my experience has afforded me that to come back and give back and you know we say this you know at FAMU continue the legacy that's my legacy continue because I can go back every year and I can walk in that band room and somebody knows who I am because I'm there every year they see my face giving back um, you know helping mm-hmm. the students out you know trying to you know make a difference in their lives you know versus just trying to you know do some other stuff so you know that's continuing my legacy my legacy so when, not if, when my daughter goes to Florida and them, <laughs> uh, you know, people are going to She don't got a choice. She ain't got a choice. I ain't paying. I ain't paying. Not uh, Unless she gets some presidential scholarship or I ain't got to pay nothing out of pocket, I consider uh-huh. her. But other than that, she's going there. But no, I'm, I'm not going to do that to her. I'm going to let her go where she feel like she wants to go. Just, just. But if it's free. If it's free. Hey. I, ain't, I love free. <laughs> Free is always better. Uh, free. Um. So, so what are you? What are you into now? What are some things that um, it, um, band wise or uh, it, what 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 are some things you're into currently? I am all over the place. 
that's why I can't catch a break because <laughs> I keep myself involved in everything. Um, I had a long career in retail. Uh, uh-huh. I, that's the first job I landed out of school, not even in music, because I thought I can make more money doing this. Uh, I still kind of regret it to this day, but that's all right. Um, uh, so I decided to go back to school and get educated on some more music stuff. So I got a music education. Not Well, I have a music production degree. So I do commercials and jingles and video game music, all kind of stuff on the side to kind of make my little side hustle. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Got a music production degree from a full set university. And like, I want to do more. I want to teach people what I know. I always trying to give back. So I went back to school mm-hmm. and got my master's in music education. Um, and now I'm working on my doctorate in music education. I saw yeah, that. I'm working I saw my that. doctorate. And you know what I do music wise, I do private lessons. Uh, I do more assistantships more than anything. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't say it's too late. I had no desire to go back to be that band director at high school that stayed up for 40 years. No, I kind of kind of passed that now. Um, you know, uh-huh. My goal is to be like a team professional somewhere, kind of giving back, you know, educational-wise. Um, and, you know, at part-time, I'm the assistant band director. You said a tenured yeah. professor? Yeah, I'm kind of looking, kind of looking okay. for that team professor at some kind of yeah. university somewhere. Okay. Um, and right now, I... Um, I'm the assistant bander at uh, Edward Waters College and Woodwind Instructor. Okay. So and I still do a lot of things musically in the background. And on top of that, I run a business from home. So I'm, I'm, I'm always doing something. Uh, you you always making that I'm, money and giving I'm, back. I'm, <laughs> if I can keep my money instead of giving it back, <laughs> I think I'll be all right. But um, yeah, I, I got to make money. You, you, you never need for people who are listening. You you won't you you will find yourself working hard for yourself than you work for anybody else. Because you know if I don't work as an, as entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, you yeah, as an entrepreneur, you don't you you work for yourself harder than you did for somebody in the corporate America because it's yours. You know if if mm-hmm. you don't work, you don't eat. And if I don't work and make this money, you know, my daughter can't eat up all the food in the house. You know, you know, my wife can't have the things that she have. You know, I can't have this roof on my head. So I work just as hard now mm-hmm. as I did when I worked for the man. Uh, right. Six months ago, I decided I'm going to stop. I stopped working for the man again, like we talked about earlier. Take, really? Taking that risk. Really? I took a risk and said, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I stopped working for the man. And I work for me. Did you have a plan? I had a plan. Did you have a plan? I had already? a plan in place. Already? Eventually, it was going to happen. It just happened a little faster than... I anticipate it, um, but because I'm I'm right there in that boat too. Like I I uh, I want to step away from education, working for the man, um, <laughs> because of the school system. I don't I don't I officially like I'm turning into MT right now. I'm not Michael Taylor right now. I'm, I'm MT, <laughs> but the the school system sucks. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't, I don't like. I can't change the school system uh-uh. from inside the school system, right? So you have um, to be an advocate. I, I am you have to be an advocate on the outside to change it. Right, and they gotta they gotta welcome me in for me to change mm-hmm. it. So be a consultant type of thing. I don't know what that looks like 
moving forward, but I'm going to be a life coach, mm-hmm. uh, speaker, author. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm speeding that process up. I have 10 years of experience, uh, 10 plus years of experience in uh, multiple areas of uh, multiple levels of education, mm-hmm. elementary, uh, high school, not middle school, but high school, uh, higher education. I got a lot of years at higher education. So, and I have some, some, some goals to like, I want to enhance what the teachers do. Mm-hmm. And if our, our teachers are, are predominantly white or whatever, um, and, and our schools are underfunded or whatever, we need to figure out how to work within what we got. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, no matter what, because our, all our, our, our situations, our circumstances ain't going to be perfect ah, every single time. Perfect. And we and we need all of them people that come from the bottom to be able to work themselves out using every little everything that they got because my theory is that those people at the bottom are going to be able to innovate all of the processes that we need for to help everybody at the bottom. So the people at the top that never experienced any of thing that 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 those at the bottom deal with like they can't really they can help they can help uh from the outside but they don't know the the nuances it's what what i Um, I, I call uh they can be a resource but they they they, they can probably never be the solution to the problem only a resource Mm -hmm. i get it that's part Mm -hmm. of my uh i haven't fully decided but that's part of my i think what my dissertation will be about um especially you know in the urban environment education teachers you know building them up uh, to make sure they have the things that they need because if the school is not going to fund them give them the money to do they need to do what Mm -hmm. other resource can we have to help them out um especially as you know as uh as black people uh we don't always have those those resources um as our counterparts do Um, right so yeah that's i think it's gonna be a part i think I haven't quite. Yeah, I got, I got it, the idea. It, it yeah, probably changed yeah, I got, I got the idea <laughs> there, but I haven't quite figured out how to piece it together. It didn't change like four times since I did my thesis. So, but yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. You gonna figure yeah, it out? I'm, I'm, I'm put together. When it hits you, when it hits you, it's gonna hit yeah, you. Cause uh, <laughs> you gonna be like, and it's probably gonna be a combination of all yeah, of those I'm anyway. Like, ha! I got it. <laughs> Good. Um, you know, uh, I, I see areas in education, you know, much like you alluded to, that that needs attention that no one really, you know, attends to. Like, I may be oblivious to it, but I don't understand why there isn't enough black men teaching elementary school or even music education at that. Like, there's there's not mm-hmm. like there's a very I think it's less than one percent, I believe, if my research serves me correctly. There's less, and that there may be a psychological reason uh, behind that that I want to kind of talk about. But like I said, I'm I'm piecing some get some ideas together. And... What what is the uh what do you mean psychological? Like I I would like to hear that. Well, I can only relate to things it... to no, it's it's all right. I can only relate to things that kind of see that happen in front of me. Like COVID. What COVID has taught me how to do things different. Like right now, my my daughter is doing virtual school, so mm-hmm. it's upon me and her mother to to teach her. We got to teach kindergarten. I'm a part <laughs> kindergarten teacher, 
<laughs> um, uh-huh. But my level of militance and frustrated when dealing with her doesn't really fit with her level of, I guess, learning capabilities. Like she needs more of a, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, a, and it, nurturer. yeah, a nurturer. You know, I'm more of the militant parent, and my wife's more of the nurturer. So for me to mm-hmm. come in and try to teach against what my wife tried to do, it kind of clash sometimes, and that may translate down to the elementary level. Um, is is my thought process right now? Like you don't see a lot of men at that level because we're not nurturers. You know, that, that, they, they, they need a lot of nurture and guidance, you know, at that beginning stage. That comes from a female. Mm-hmm. A lot of males don't have that. Um, but we can, well, we develop, can develop that. So though. the part is like, how can uh, I develop myself as a black man teaching elementary music education to kind of help me be uh-huh. a better teacher in that aspect and hopefully I can translate somebody else who's probably listening to the same thing I'm talking about right now because that, that, there's something there I just haven't really quite figured it out yet <laughs> and I think through yeah. my research I think it's going to come to light because I think I think that's the thing you know uh, mm-hmm. we already have a shortage mm-hmm. of male black you know teachers anyway um, but we need to spread it across you know all levels of education um, to kind of make a friend. and uh, another element to to that to that contributes to that is the every organization has a culture mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. so um it it at the school that i i work at i'm one of the onlys mm-hmm. right so there is an already established culture, culture. coming yep. in so if i have a different way of thinking or a different way of teaching that goes against what the culture is, I can get um, uh, outcasted yeah. really quickly. Because pe- people and don't like change. That drains, right. And that drains a lot. And, and then if the students like me or love mm-hmm. me, <laughs> right, that could actually be even worse. Cause like, <laughs> I can see, I can yeah, see how that like, what is, he yeah, doing? what is he doing? He's not even doing anything. Right. And, and, you know, they start, uh, the, I guess microaggressions or whatever, and and you can feel that like without them even saying anything, mm-hmm. you know, you could be nice or whatever. And this is just from my experience, just working in it, being the only in every every job that I have had. So it's like, why are you hating? <laughs> like I'm just trying to make things right. better. Like we we had we get together. Like, we 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 together. You know, but you you working against me. I don't understand why. We we got the same goals. I just have a different you know perspective on how to get to that goal. And and another part because I analyze this all the time, but just my presence in that school is mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. because. Uh, the the school I teach uh, I work at is eighty eighty six percent minority, mm. so um, and ninety percent to ninety five percent white uh, teachers and staff, right? Right. right. <laughs> so so my presence is automatically uh, powerful, mm-hmm. and then what I can te- do on top of that is even more powerful because like I understand success from a perspective that they don't even know about because I had to struggle and I I go through this. I went through the same things that all of these kids may have to go through. Worst case scenario may have to go through. Right. 
and I can teach them exactly what they need to uh, get plant the seed of what they need to know right now and work on so that they don't um, they don't they have a better experience not 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 that they they shouldn't go through um uh obstacles and and trial but they can be aware of different things that that my white counterparts might not be able to uh, uh vocalize mm-hmm. because they haven't had that lived experience so and, and i tell people like all the time like um Dr. George grew. She was like, "We walk in miracles, <laughs> like from what we, <laughs> what we went through, uh, and what we survived and stuff. Like everybody, every black person walking around now is is walking miracles, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, and so it's, it's, go ahead. It's like you're saying, just just being powerful where where you stand at. Now. You know, in, in, like you supposed to be there. Like you supposed to be there. We 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 had this discussion <laughs> post. I think it was about six weeks ago in one of my classes, and sure enough, I'm was the only one of us in the group, and I can tell. Mm-hmm. And we was talking about um, how support urban music educators. You know, uh, or they would come out say black. How to support black. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers in an urban setting and I had a little slight little problem with it because like I have this white man trying to tell me how to (laughs) teach his class and he has no experience whatsoever and you're reading from a book I'm like that book cannot tell you what we will experience at the urban level as a music educator you can't tell me that that book I mean again like I said earlier it provides resources well, it did not mm-hmm. help with the overall experience of, you know, being that kind of environment with um, those students. And he was trying to tell me about what I should do. And I, in the back of my mind, and I didn't mean to be combative, but I'm like, you can't tell me because you don't know. Right. You do. You, you, you don't, don't know. know. You don't know. How 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 would you deal? And I present this question. Like, how would you deal with, because I've seen this in my own two eyes, with a student that comes up to you, they're in the 10th grade, that comes to you and says, I don't have a place to stay. What mm-hmm. are you gonna do? <laughs> well, hello. Oh man. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. My oh, phone locked up. Um, there it is. You don't know what to do yeah. in that situation. You know. You know. Our culture has, you know, given us the opportunity to kind of think forward and uh, adapt in the situation that we're in, so we'll know how to help that student. As black people, you as a white man mm-hmm. wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You can't tell because you you don't have any experience outside and, of that book that helps you support those theories. You only have a theory and a resource. You don't right. have any solution. So, mm-hmm. to to help them grasp right. mentally and get through mentally the what it, like you can you can find them services mm-hmm. like we have services, but. To, to help that student go from I'm in a, a, a bad place, I don't know how to deal with it, to uh, what I do is like you have, we can use that that place that you're in and I can help you at that place that you're in and use that energy to go into your schoolwork and, and get you out to this next the, the next level and beyond 
And every time I sit down with a student, I, I talk to them all the way through the whole process. I don't mm-hmm. care how long it takes, how long they <laughs> they got. If it's five minutes or 25 minutes, I'm sitting there. I, I got to get you from where you at now, let you at least get a couple of nuggets through through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Like I take them all the way through uh, just every single time because I might not get that opportunity again. It's 1,200 students in, in the building. So, you know, uh, <laughs> every time I get, if I'm walking with you, what, what you're going through, you want to go to FAMU and this and that. I'm like, what does that look like? Right. What are you doing to prepare? Like, and then, then I get, I give it to them. Like, I mean, and it, I have a, 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 some students that, that they lost their mom and they saw it, you know, and I was telling the the young lady, the um, she, I was like, you you're going you're going you. She was like, I want to see a therapist, and uh, I was like, you're going to have to do that. And if if your your family doesn't get you that, fight for that. You know that I was like, I went through some uh, experiences with with death uh, throughout my life, and uh, while I was in high school and getting out of high school. And having to deal with that, I didn't get the right. therapy that I needed. So that's that trauma comes back or uh, seeps out in different ways. We don't know what that's going to look like. So you handling it now, and she only like I'm fifth grade or something like that. So um, you trying to handle it now is is a good way to go. And you know, I tried to just be supportive of her in that way because hey, you know that's right. hard losing your your parent. In 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 high like school, <laughs> if I can't get you in therapy, let me put you with somebody who may have experienced the same things that you experienced. Maybe they can help you. I had a student who kind of went through that, who mm-hmm. who lost their mother, and I said, "Well, you know, if you can't afford therapy, your parents won't get you." Hey, let me let you talk to my wife. You know, she she lost her mother at the age of nine. She saw the whole thing, so may she kind of help you with some things that she did. Not saying she did everything right. But she kind of guides you through the process and at least help mm-hmm. you and give you some kind of nugs and kind of kind of help yourself out, you know, through that situation and stuff like that. So, you know, like I was saying before, you know, when that comes up, you have to know how to deal with it and kind of help the student out. Not go run to a book. You have to operate in the mm-hmm. now and kind of go through the experiences so you kind of know, you know, what to do in the future. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's an interest. I could talk for a whole nother hour because I. I mean, that it that is very interesting because I see the disconnect, and I'll be talking about it because. But I can't really speak up mm-hmm. because I'm such mm-hmm. a minority in the whole building. Then I'm I'm speaking against the the organization <laughs> culture. So then, what does that do? The indirect. You, you see what I'm saying? Enemy. Uh, uh, enemy of the state. <laughs> exactly, and I, all I'm saying is. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, uh, hey, yeah, I got a disconnect. But uh, at the it, and it, the school that I work at, they have right. a level of prestige, right? So, you know, on some some uh, uh, ranking, they got number one oh, in the, in the, in the state for um, schools and stuff like that. So. They trying to keep that number one thing, so all the teachers think that 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 mm-hmm. that they number one. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it. like they, they can't tell do it wrong. Like, for the last fifty years, you ain't gonna tell me. Yeah, I'm telling you that what you learned the last fifty years I ain't getting it right yeah. now. Yeah, but can't tell nothing. 
ain't getting it because I'm talking to the students that graduated from there just uh outside of the school on on like not not affiliated with mm-hmm. school like I'm in a Uber like I'm driving Uber I pick up the student I, I ask them where they uh went to school they like uh they they say the same school that I work at and I'm like how did they prepare you and like did you did you think it was right. beneficial you know and they like no and I'm like, what? <laughs> they didn't prepare me for being that only in at, yeah. at the University of Kansas, and I gotta find that, you know, yeah, a right, little group. Right. <laughs> I gotta find my group. I don't know. That's 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 a, a yeah. whole nother topic. I could talk on all that. I can keep talking about it. <laughs> right. I I gotta get you off because I, I I know you're busy. Yeah. I'm busy too. So, um, so. It, if you could, if if um, give our uh, listeners a um, uh, you know, plug the book to end it, end it out, and and some words of wisdom. Uh, of if you course, could. read the book. I mean, there's a, a different variety of, uh, of individuals in the book that have their different experiences, and I'm sure that you know, as a reader, you would connect with that at some level with someone. Um, there's some things you may know, there's some things you may not know. Um, but the thing that you don't know is the perspective of that individual because we all have our own you know, experiences. Um, if you're going to go to the school, whether it's a HBCU or you know, a, a PWC, just research that school um, before, before you go. Um, even talk to some individuals, you know, ask them about their experience at school and see if that's a good fit for you. Because, you know, we do have some few people who go out to colleges and they're like, you know what, this isn't for me. It may not be college, you know, in general, but it's just like that place, that university of colleges is just not for them. They should have, you know, probably went somewhere else. So, um, and just, you know, strive to be successful. Um, you know, that's your goal. Don't settle for mediocrity. Uh, be successful, be superior in whatever you do, um, and be the master of your fate. You know, that's that's that's, that's my little nugget for everybody. Because again, you know, I speak from experience. You know, I stepped out on faith, uh, I took a risk, and I do not regret it. You know, not 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 one bit. And I'm able to do everything in life that I want to do because I stepped out and did. You know, kind of went against the grain, took a risk. And no, I, I couldn't be happy right now. So I'm not forcing no one to to be an entrepreneur. But what what I am forcing to do is just just do the best for you. What's best for you? You think that's the best? Be you know, do it. Go out and do it. Um, college may not be for everybody, uh, but at least go out and, and research and see if it is for you. Um, you may be an expert in basket weaving. <laughs> go do basket weaving. Um, yeah, underwater, just, just, underwater. just whatever it is, be great at it. Just be great at it. And if you do decide to go off to college or university, uh, make the best choice for you and go off and experience it to its fullest. I ain't say being a bad student, but experience everything that you can while you're in school and be studious while you're doing it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, go get the book. The HBCU Experience Movement, the HBCU Band Alumni Edition, it will release at the end of the month on Amazon. Go get it, support, and have a great day.